global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Mark Spanith, LLP, ranked among the top three forensic accounting firms in New York by the New York Law Journal for the sixth year in a row. Visit MarkSpanith.com. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles managed another U.S. sales gain in February, extending its streak to 71 months. Driven by promotions tied to the President's Day holiday and continued strong demand for Jeep Sport utility vehicles and Ram pickups and vans, sales climbed 12 percent. Redefined Properties agreeing to buy 75 percent of real estate company Echo Prime Properties for a value of $1.3 billion to boost international expansion. U.S. stock index futures, meanwhile, are higher with S&P E-mini futures up 13 points. Dow E-mini futures are up 107 Nasdaq E-mini futures up 28. The 10-year Treasury down 230 seconds. The yield 1.74%. NYMEX crude oil up 1.8% or 60 cents to 34.35 a barrel. COMEX gold up 8 tenths percent or $9.40 to 12.43.80 an ounce. The euro a dollar 08.77. The yen 113.04. And Canada's economy unexpectedly grew in the fourth quarter as a weak dollar reduced imports by the most in six years, taking pressure off the central bank to cut interest rates to a record low. And that's the Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. From Washington this morning, we tell you it is 848 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. We want to give the Fed credit they have come along. Well, we've got a technical difficulty this morning in New York. That sometimes happens. Ken Fellio, our technical director, will be upon it. Mike, why don't you bring in our good guest? He is uh, William Cohen. Uh, we have a he's main had a few theme jobs. going on here today. Yeah. Uh, it's very appropriate to talk to, um, well, I guess you call him Secretary Senator Congressman Cohen because he served in all of those roles, a congressman and senator from the state of Maine before becoming the Secretary of Defense, uh, and he served under both parties. He served as Secretary of Defense under Democratic administrations. And, uh, Senator, as, as the political parties fight it out on this Super Tuesday, I uh, am of mind of uh, Senator Arthur Vandenberg and his famous dictum that politics stops at the water's edge. A lot of people uh, talk about that, but they don't talk about the fact that he was a tremendous isolationist. Uh, when the country was heading into World War II, it was after the war that he became an internationalist and led the Republican Party in that direction. I'm wondering if we can, if, if that can happen, if we can get back to that in the future, because there sure is a, a move towards isolationism right now. Uh, well, disengagement, I think, is the way it's phrased now, and, and a very mistaken policy. The world has become much more integrated economically, uh, to be sure, and the notion that somehow we can simply retreat to the uh, continental cocoon of the United States and watch events unfold on on Bloomberg uh, or CNN, etc., is uh, it's foolhardy. Uh, what is most disturbing to me is to watch this political process of ours uh, and to not feel a deep sense of embarrassment and shame. Uh, the level of uh, rhetoric taking place uh, during these primaries uh, has been embarrassing. I, I, I was in Europe, uh, in Munich, two weeks ago at a major security conference. Uh, I think all of uh, our allies who were there are puzzled, uh, embarrassed uh, for us. Uh, that uh, the people who are running for high office have been reduced to uh, caricatures. And uh, I think it does not bode well for the United States. So at the political level, I think we've got, we've seen a, 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 a 
a defining of decency down, uh, to paraphrase uh, former Senator uh, uh, Moynihan's phrase, and uh, we have uh, lost our sense of what our role in the world is. And so other countries look to the United States for leadership. Well, there is a sentiment of being expressed by candidates who are running today, especially in the Republican Party, that we need to disengage from world affairs mm -hmm. and focus solely on the United States. Big mistake. What, what should our role be? If you were a candidate for president, what would you be telling the American people about, in a, in a world, a multipolar world now, uh, about the United States' role and its abilities to carry out that role? Or in a nonpolar world, which is just as uh, bad, if not worse, uh, namely where you have no country that is able to exercise a, uh, a major influence on shaping events that uh, produce a, a more peaceful uh, environment. Uh, my uh, advice uh, to any president is to be engaged in the world affairs and to go to the American people and explain what it means. Right now, uh, there is a sense of nationalism uh, uh, building in the United States. It's not only in the United States, it's all over the world. You can see it in the Baltic countries. You can see it now in Germany. You can see it uh, in Greece because of what has taken place. So what has to happen, the United States is the only country that can take a leadership role at this point to try uh, and, and build a system or a, a create a new system whereby we can promote uh, commerce, peace, stability, and right now, there's a notion that we've uh, been overcommitted and time to recommit ourselves right. to build nation building at home. So the mistake, Mr. President, you need to uh, have the best possible people giving you advice and rebuild your military capability because it has been hurt very badly by the sequester across right. the country. Mr. Secretary, I have to rip up the script. Uh, at this time for this nation, whatever anyone's views, you are more qualified, literally, than anyone I know to speak of this. I believe you grew up in the strangest of households, Russian, Irish, Jewish, Protestant. You then went on, and one time I saw you, you said, look, this future is a brown America. You are married to the absolutely lovely uh, Miss Langhart. Uh, for, and she's 49, I believe, and holding, last I uh, knew. <laughs> Secretary Cohen... With what you have heard, the 39, excuse me, uh, surveillance mistake, what you have heard in the last couple of weeks strikes home to you with the diversity of the Cohen experience. If Mr. Trump becomes your nominee, can you support him? Uh, that would be very difficult uh, for me, uh, given what he has been saying, appealing to very uh, racist sentiments that still are quite prevalent in uh, many parts of the country. Uh, to uh, label all Mexicans uh, to be potential uh, rapists, uh, all potential immigrants coming from the Middle East to be incipient terrorists. I think this is, uh, this is not good for the country, and it certainly is not a, a brand of leadership that I would be supporting. How did we get here? Uh, I think a combination of things. Uh, I think uh, what has happened has started many years ago, but I think the whole notion of degrading uh, the government... Uh, and it started with perhaps uh, Senator Goldwater uh, and, and President Reagan uh, really fed into that, uh, saying that the problem is the government is the problem, not the solution. And I think uh, I've always believed that the government is uh, is your enemy until you need a friend. 
And we've got to have a balance here that you need government for a number of important functions, but that government's hand has to be light and not too heavy. But the notion of degrading government, I'm running against Washington. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, uh, I believe the entire system is corrupt. I think the system is corrupt in the sense that a few people can raise a billion dollars uh, and thereby uh, have undue influence on the entire political process. So there's that element to it. I think we, we really have to get back to saying, are we a United States of America? Is it E pluribus unum or is it E pluribus pluribus? From many, many. Uh, yeah. And we, we become fractured in that sense that I don't know that we have uh, the ability or the willingness to say, hey, it's one America. We have our differences. Right. But my goodness, there are big issues out there. And we're talking about whether the size of somebody's hands or whether the color of their face or hair. I mean, it's absurd. Now, this goes back, again, to Secretary Cohen's book with his uh, wife, Love in Black and White, which was out a few years ago. Secretary Cohen, thank you so much for joining us today. William Cohen, of course, uh, of Maine, as was Angus King, who we spoke of uh, earlier. That's a wonderful – Michael, just a great conversation to have uh, after what we've seen the last couple weeks. Well, somebody from the foreign policy side, and again, uh, he gets back to Arthur Vandenberg and in his view in the 1950s that politics stops at the water's edge. We can't even get outside the Capitol. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be the uh, debate as well. Right now, from Washington, it is 8.56 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. The cities with the healthiest job markets are often those with the least affordable real estate. Meanwhile, cities where housing is inexpensive usually don't have a lot of great jobs on offer. Still, I figured there had to be some places where jobs are plentiful and housing a lot cheaper than in Boston or New York or San Francisco. So I went looking for them in the data, using a Brookings Institution report to identify metropolitan areas with better-than-average economic growth since 2009, and a National Association of Realtors report to identify those with more affordable-than-average housing. I then sifted out the areas with a below-average share of college graduates, because education levels are a good indicator of job quality. Five metropolitan areas met my test. Cincinnati and Columbus, Ohio, Minneapolis, Omaha, and Pittsburgh. None of these is what you'd call a boom town. Columbus is the fastest growing of the bunch, and it's only the 20th fastest growing large metro area nationwide. But these places all have unemployment rates well below the national average, with Omaha's the lowest at just 3%. They could grow faster if only more people moved there. So what are you waiting for? I'm Justin Fox, a columnist for Bloomberg View. For more Bloomberg opinion and commentary, please go to BloombergView.com or ViewGo on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. And Bloomberg View commentaries can be heard hourly weekdays on Bloomberg Radio. It is Super Tuesday. I'm here with the Super Michael McKee in Washington in support of 99.1 FM in Washington. Welcome all of you coast to coast across this nation on an important Political and Economic Day.